Hey friends, and welcome to a very special episode. It is Minivan Chronicles, and it is not just me in my minivan, Hannah, or Sarah in her minivan, but it's the whole team in the Honda Odyssey. So we are cruising around, and we know that there are some questions from the panel at Germinate that we just didn't have time to get to, but that are important questions to have answered. And so we're taking our time in the car and using it wisely and answering those questions for you. So our first question that didn't get answered is how do you deal with students who are just a little rough around the edges? So Elsie, I would love, Laura, I would love to hear your response. Yeah, I think that is a really great question, Hannah. Um, And I think the first thing to respond to that is, aren't we all a little rough around the edges? Don't we all have our moments? Don't we all have our things that maybe other people don't like about us or whatever? Um, And so to that, I think the biggest thing in working with those students, I don't like to always say like dealing with students because then that makes it seem negative that they're just a thorn in my side or a problem um but the first thing and the thing that I challenge myself personally and my students and my coworkers is always to see the good um and so when it comes to that you have to build that relationship with that student and so instead of writing them off like if other teachers say oh so and so is just they're a hard student they're a bad student there's nothing good um I take that as a challenge that I'm going to get to know that student because there's a reason why those students are quote unquote rough around the edges and a lot of them are just seeking love and they need someone to support them and encourage them and I get to know them. So I ask like, what are their interests? What are their hobbies? And if my students really like Air Jordans, then I'm going to talk to them about Air Jordans. Or if my students really like Harry Potter, like I I find that common ground or that something that um, is good in them and then build off of that. And then with that, like when you're building that relationship with the student, they're going to trust you um, and they're going to respect you because you've taken that time to get to know them. And so I think a lot of it just stems from seeing the good and then building off of that. And sometimes it's harder to find that good, but there is good in every single student. And sometimes it just takes time, but I think there's a lot of value in spending time finding that good in your students. Love that. I think that's such a great reminder, Laura, of just, I love that you say like, aren't we all rough around the edges? Cause it's such a great reminder that like, I am not always on my a-game I'm not always likable and just bringing that to light and then just I think I think we are tasked with doing the work of of getting to know our students um I am going to share a really quick story because it is a story that breaks my heart and brings me so much joy at the same time um but I had a student who was a little rough around the edges and I sent a note, I noticed one specific thing that he did really well, sent a note home, accidentally sent it to his dad's house, which apparently all stuff was supposed to go to mom's house. Um, but he had said that that was the first note that he had gotten where someone had praised him and said like, oh, this is the good that you've done. And that was the first time that his parent had also seen that. And I've shown the, or shared the story before, but it's just one that it's like that impact of just seeing the good in students. Um, now another question that we had, and I'm going to throw it on over to Cassidy is 
what do you do or how do you support your students when they are experiencing defeat within FFA? So I think one of the things that, um, well, I I will say that this is actually fairly common where I'm from. Um, Being in Kentucky, we have what we call the one and done rule. So students that compete in a CDE, once they've competed at the regional or the state level, they cannot compete in that contest again uh, at all. Whether they've won or they got last place, it doesn't matter, they cannot compete in that again. So what you might find and what I have found is that students that feel really confident when they go in and they have a mess up or they, they forget a part or whatever that is, they come out feeling completely defeated because they don't get to try again. Now, When dealing with this, one of the things that I strive when coaching my teams from the very beginning is focusing not only on, yes, obviously winning would be great, but the whole point of CDEs and LDEs is that they are development events. You are developing skills. You are developing life skills. um, You are working towards building up Um, your confidence in working with people and working with your hands and working with tools. Um, And those kinds of things are the things that you are learning. It's a learning process. So yes, a student that competed in the nursery uh, and landscaping competition at the state fair, maybe they did not identify all uh, 25 of the plants But what they did do and what I try and focus on is we look at the results as a group. So they didn't do well on identification. However, they did fantastic on the problem solving activity where they were actually looking at a landscape design and able to calculate the area of the turf or whatever that question might have been. Um, And focusing, like Laura said, on the good, focusing on those things that they did really well rather than focusing on those things that that make them feel defeated. Because students are always going to pinpoint that one thing that went wrong. When they tell you, when they come out of the Parley Pro Room and they're like, they're not going to say, oh my goodness, I did amazing on this one debate. They're going to tell you, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe I forgot Um, I completely forgot my part of opening ceremonies. If something goes wrong, that's what they're focused on. So what your job is to do as the advisor, as the coach, as their mentor, is to turn that around and make sure that they see all aspects of the entire process. So again, looking at all of the results, looking at all of the skills that they're building, and making sure, especially in those team events, that one person's negativity doesn't bleed into the rest of the team. Those teammates building a team, um, their job is to continue lifting each other up. So not only as an advisor are you building a team that is strong, but you're building those teamwork skills as well. I love that. And I love the, I I think there's so much to learn in a contest. I, I remember I had some students that didn't know a lot about a contest and I brought them just for the experience of like even working together, even trying to like problem solve or like work through a situation where you've, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, especially with those younger kids and going to CDEs and stuff. Like even just being in a situation where maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable, like there's so many things that you can learn. So I love taking that angle of like, there is the goal of like winning a CD or like placing a certain place, but there's also the goal of like developing skills. And there's also the goal of like problem solving and how do you react 
to a situation or how do you act in in certain areas um and so I love that that perspective now Sarah we this wasn't necessarily a question but it was something that came up during the panel and it was the idea of the quote-unquote traditional egg student so we would love to hear just your take on that so hot take (laughs) i think that in ag ed we've got it wrong recently about labeling students traditional or non-traditional students based on their access to agriculture at home now is that a, an amazing way to grow up? Absolutely. Like, I thought it was so cool that so many of my students um, at my old school were working at the dairy farm. They were waking up way earlier than I woke up in the morning milking cows. Like, that's awesome. But I also have students who live in apartments, who live in the suburbs, who might even live on acres, but they don't do anything with agriculture. Why are they less than the kids who do have access to agriculture in the eyes of saying traditional and non-traditional ag students. The the reason I have problems with it is because I think of my kids as the same, right? Regardless of what their background is, and we should, their socioeconomic status, their, you know, race, their religion, anything, right? All, all students are equal and we should be giving them equal opportunity. And I think there's been some problems in FFA where we praise a lot of, of traditional ag and it's, it's lopsided. I'm not saying that we should ever get, get away with that. I was sitting at a table with Dr. Brown, the old advisor of national FFA at NAIE a couple of years ago before he retired. And he was telling me about his son and his son was an FFA. I mean, obvi, right? (laughs) I grew up with the national FFA advisor as your dad. And he was a phenomenal student and he ended up taking the tech route when he was in high school agriculture classes of learning how to code and do apps. Now, I'm not 100% sure exactly what he did, but I know he sold some tech that ended up making him a lot of money in the entrepreneurship world of technology and agriculture. And Dr. Brown asked me, he said, Sarah, where does that fit in the proficiency areas? And I was like, I don't think it does. And he said, you're right. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't fit in the structure that we have now where agriculture has changed a lot. I mean, I'm sure all of us who teach ag know that it's changed in the past three years that Cassidy has been teaching or the 10 years that Hannah and I have been teaching. Things are changing and that's okay. We're trying to step away from saying like this is the norm or this is normal um, and saying there's a seat at the table for everyone regardless of your background and your access to agriculture and this is probably on my heart a little more than maybe some some people because I did teach at a a, what everyone called was a non-traditional ag chapter (laughs) and it didn't hurt me as much as like when I after a couple years in it and I was like why are they any different we were excelling at the state level excelling at the national level I had students who were doing amazing internships at vet clinics or I had a student who interned for ag communications for a national horse association why is she considered 
non-traditional yeah like I know that that's yeah she's not in the she's not on the field she's not in production but those things matter we talk a lot about in agriculture how we need to be telling the story of agriculture as production or agriculture needs to do a better way of doing that to talk to the to the community because less people less and less people actually know what happens on the farm we need people who are tech savvy who are coders who are um, journalistic who are great in politics we need people like that in our industry so for us to label them as less than is just a disservice to our students a disservice to urban chapters suburban chapters or chapters who just have kids who maybe you're in a really rural chapter but the reason that they're there isn't because they're in agriculture it's because maybe they're a lower income student and to push them to the side because they don't have that is really heartbreaking to me so I mean that's your that's your hot take and I'd love to discuss it with people if if anybody wants to what can we do I appreciate your perspective, Sarah, and I know just from being in a urban program too, I think that there's like the, when you say traditional and non-traditional, um, I almost feel like non-traditional kind of has like a negative connotation with it. Like, like you said, like it's less than, or it's not as good as the rest. Um, and so hopefully maybe this will start some conversations and, and some, some, thoughts about change or movement in a a way that we can make it more inclusive for our students or just that there's not like you said so that it it is all the same that we are it's agriculture regardless of um, if it's communications or if it is um, working on a farm it's it's all the same um, and is all moving moving everyone forward so that is what we have for you in our quick minivan chronicles um we will be recording some more so stay tuned next week and the following week for some additional episodes with the whole team here bye bye everyone